Welcome to The Change Lab, a podcast for people who are all about personal development, leaning into their potential and becoming their best self. Just, you know, starting next Monday. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha Hines, and oh, sh- it's Monday. Hello, lab mates, and welcome back to The Change Lab. So it's February now, and we're in the midst of the winter doldrums. For those of you that are completed your dry January, yay you. But yeah, that new year glow has kind of vanished into the cold wasteland that is February. Unless, of course, you've made excellent choices in your life and you live somewhere balmy at this time of year. In which case, you know, you're just hashtag winning and you just keep enjoying that warm sun. But when my husband and I were planning our wedding, which alarmingly was 18 years ago, we looked at the calendar to find a date for the wedding. And these were the criteria. We wanted to find a weekend that wasn't a holiday weekend because we didn't want to yuck people's yum. We also wanted to find a date that was too cold to hold an outside wedding because it was just the easiest way to narrow down the endless venue options. And uh, was boring enough that people might actually look forward to attending a wedding. (laughs) And the second weekend in February was the unambiguous winner. (laughs) It was the obvious winner. So in honor of my upcoming wedding anniversary and the horror show of all holidays, Valentine's Day, today, this episode today is all about the life-affirming power of relationships and why they are so crucial to our well-being. So when I was studying at UPenn back in 2005, so, you know, ancient times, I had the luck of working with the late, great Chris Peterson. What a wonderful human being and a very, very significant psychologist. He created the VIA test, if you've ever taken that character strength test, and also is the author of Character Strengths and Virtues, which is... In our world, we call it the manual of the sanities, sort of the corollary to the DSM, but studying and sort of classifying character strengths and virtues instead of, you know, disease, disorder, and dysfunction. But in any case, he was my thesis advisor and just the loveliest man. I mean, essentially just imagine Jerry Garcia as a brilliant psychology professor and you've got Chris. I mean, he he taught from the front of the class. He would just rest his arms on his belly and in a disarmingly folksy manner, just drop the mic. And one of his most impactful pearls of wisdom was this. You can sum up the research in positive psychology in three words. Other people matter. Those three simple words other people matter, were forever burned into my mind. Because here's the thing, when we think about improving our well-being, we tend to think about fitness, nutrition, mindset, or you know, getting enough sleep you know, <laughs> all over Instagram. But rarely do we think about improving the quality of our relationships. But guess what? If you want to boost your well-being and feel significantly better, positive relationships are the most powerful wellness hack out there. It's not a trendy new workout. It's not a vitamin powder that you pour into your water. It's the people who pour into your life. There is nothing that will increase your well-being, your mood, and your longevity more than positive relationships. 
I mean, think about it. From the minute we're conceived, our connection with others is critical for us to survive and thrive. We come into the world as helpless infants who rely on our attachment to caregivers. And the security of this attachment is integral to our human development. In the warmth of relationships, we grow and flourish, right? Like plants that grow toward the sun, like a heliotropic plant, like a sunflower, we grow toward love. And this is just as true in adulthood as it is in childhood. So when I meet a client who's really not doing so hot, someone who's experiencing a, you know, a good deal of pain and distress and frustration, one of the first things I ask is, tell me about the people in your life. Who are the most important people in your inner circle? I want to know what kind of soft landing this person has. Are there high quality connections? Are they being empowered and supported and what's going on there? Because it's absolutely vital. One of the biggest predictors of well-being is the degree to which you're surrounded by strong, high-quality relationships. Okay, but what does this actually mean? So let's define two things so that we're all on the same page. First, what is well-being? (laughs) What do I mean when I'm throwing around the term well-being? I really like to borrow positive psychology researcher Sonia Lubomirsky's very simple definition. Here's what her definition is. Well-being is feeling good in your life and feeling good with your life. And this is really critical. She's doing two things here. One is that well-being requires two things. One is that there is an in-the-moment experiential feeling of goodness, right? That we feel well in the moment in our life, that it's experiencing wellness. And that we have an evaluative wellness, that we're looking at our life, we're looking at our past and our present and our trajectory toward the future. And we feel good about that. We feel good about the trajectory and sort of the arc of our life. And so this is two really important things that well-being incorporates, which is it's not all just good vibes. It's also looking at our life. I mean, like, yeah, I'm I'm proud of this growth arc. I like what I've created. I'm feeling good with my life too. And second, let's define strong, high-quality relationships. Like, what does that mean? I'm also going to borrow from one of my colleagues. I really love the definition that one of my positive psychology colleagues, Martha Knudsen, offered in a recent article. High quality relationships, which by the way, don't have to be especially personal, have four distinguishing features. They are empowering and light us up with energy. They create a sense of trust and psychological safety. They're respectful and they allow us to be our authentic self. So I think that succinctly kind of captures what a high quality relationship really is. They're empowering, they create trust, they're respectful, and they allow us to be our authentic self. When you have strong, high quality relationships in your life, you are statistically more likely to thrive. Your well-being gets a big boost. And this isn't my opinion though. This isn't just my opinion. It's backed up by evidence. So let's dig into some of the research on well-being and relationships. So the first study I'm going to share with you goes into the category of cool but gross. Sheldon Cohen at Carnegie Mellon, shout out to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, my former hometown, gave 276 participants the common cold by shooting a rhinovirus nasal spray up their nose. And then he had them stay in a hotel in isolated quarantine for five days. Yep, he sprayed a virus up their nose, and then measured how sick they got by weighing their mucus and tracking their symptoms. I mean, good on him. That does not sound fun to me. He had his doctoral students do that for sure. 
Anyway, here's what he found. Controlling for age, race, gender, and a number of health habits like smoking, the people with the most social ties were the least likely to catch the cold. So participants who had a more diverse social network had stronger immune systems and fought off the cold better. They either didn't get sick or they got a more mild cold and produced less mucus. (laughs) So gross, but yes. Anyway, what this study really indicates is that leading a more isolated life makes you more vulnerable to getting sick. That, you know, having strong relationships in your life literally makes you stronger. And germs, it turns out, are not the only thing that we catch. Our emotional states are contagious too. In another study, college students were randomly assigned a roommate with mild depression. Now, let me just make this clear. They weren't just, this was not some masochistic study. They just happened to be assigned which is random, a roommate who had mild depression. And those students who happened to be paired with a roommate with mild depression, they experienced, so the non-depressed college student experienced a rising level of depression throughout the term. And this was measured by the Beck Depression Inventory. So, I mean, that's pretty intense, right? Just being in a room with someone who's depressed causes the roommate to feel increasingly depressed to start having more depressive symptoms. So this is not to freak out any mothers who are sending their kids off to college. I mean, navigating an unpleasant roommate situation in school is one of the joyful challenges of growing up. But just know that living with someone who is depressed affects you. And I would encourage that you actively address it. So living with someone who's depressed can increase your your own depression, right? It's contagious. This study, by the way, was published in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology and is titled Induction of Depression. I love this. I love these titles. Induction of Depressive Affect After Prolonged Exposure to a Mildly Depressed Individual. You know, in case you want to go look it up, but I'll put it in the show notes too. (laughs) It's very nerdy. But yeah, so if you room with a depressed roommate, you're likely to become more depressed. So yeah, you got to deal with that. There's emotional contagion. But here's the good news. Happiness, it turns out, is also contagious, which is great news. In 2008, Harvard's Nicholas Christakis and UC San Diego's James Fowler published a landmark study which mapped out the network effects of happiness. And the findings were pretty exciting. I will also link this in the show notes. So it turns out that the positive impact of an individual's happiness radiates through their social network. And this network effect can be measured up to three degrees. And what this means is that it's not just your personal inner sanctum of friends that are impacted by your well-being, but in fact, it's your closest friend's friend and even your closest friend's friend's friend. And these are people that you probably don't even know. And in this study, the biggest contagion effect was found between same-sex mutual friends, so female friendships and male friendships who lived nearby each other. And let me just clarify a few things. So what they mean here by mutual friends, it just means that in this was from the Framingham data, but essentially two people in the study, they both put the same name down. So one person reported that like, you know... if. <laughs> my name's Jane and I put down that Jill is my closest friend and Jill also wrote down that Jane is her closest friend. So we had a match and sort of mutual friends. And nearby in this study in Framingham is in the in Boston area 
was a mile. So mutual friends who live within a mile of each other. So essentially what this study showed was that if your nearby mutual friend becomes happy, it increases the likelihood that you'll be happy by 63%. That's so huge. Or let me put it this way. Your happiness increases the probability that your closest nearby friend will be happy by a whopping 63%. I mean, this is huge, you guys. This would be your head should be popping off right now. <laughs> right? Right? I mean, honestly, like who's ready to text their friends nearby and start a well-being club stat? This is huge. 63%. Like there's nothing that's going to give you that kind of well-being boost. So your happiness matters to your closest friends around you a whole lot. So here are a few ideas of things that you can do. The first is give and receive a hug. And I know this sounds really silly, but it's really actually important. And there's research here. And I'm not talking about like a quick, light pat on the back kind of hug, but a real hold me tightly hug. Dr. Allison Escalante defines a hug in her very fascinating article in Psychology Today by making the word itself an acronym. And I just love this. This is so clever and awesome. So H-U-G stands for hold on tight, but not too tight until you relax, grow the bond. So H, hold on tight, not too tight. U, until you relax. G, grow the bond. Hugs really do strengthen our bonds with other people. A 2005 study published in Biological Psychology found that frequent hugs between partners is associated with lower blood pressure and higher oxytocin levels, which is the bonding hormone. Hugs not only indirectly impact well-being by strengthening interpersonal bonds, but they also directly and immediately impact well-being by relieving stress and inflammation by reducing cortisol and pro-inflammatory cytokines. Oh, and did I mention that hugs also protect us from viral infections? Cool, right? Those little hugs go a very, very long way. So hold on tight until you relax, grow the bond. The second thing you can do is share the love. Opportunities for love are all around you. So don't discount those small, seemingly throwaway moments of connection we have each day. A smile with the cashier, a cheerful greeting from a friend, a shared laugh in a meeting. It turns out that they have a big impact on your well-being. The very brilliant psychologist and researcher Barbara Fredrickson calls these micro moments of positivity resonance. So what is positivity resonance? Well, in science speak, it's an interpersonal connection characterized by shared positivity, mutual care and concern, and behavioral and biological synchrony. In plain English, it's when two people share a positive emotion like amusement and share a smile or laugh. It's a brief moment of interpersonal emotional attunement. And according to the latest research in emotion science, this positive emotional attunement or positivity resonance are the building blocks of love. So love really is everywhere. So amp up your daily dose of positivity resonance and you'll give your mental health a boost. You'll strengthen your relationships, fortify your physical health, decrease symptoms of depression and mitigate feelings of loneliness. It packs a punch. 
And you can use this really wonderful tool developed by Barbara Fredrickson called the Day Reconstruction Method to mine your day event by event for opportunities to create more micro moments of positivity resonance. And you can find that on her website. And I'll put all this in the show notes. She uses this actually as a research method, but you can use it for your own benefit too. It's called the day reconstruction method. And if you find all of this as fascinating as I do, definitely check out the video featuring Barbara Fredrickson that I've put in the show notes. She's incredible. And the third thing you can do is cultivate more together, together time. So one of the things that I've noticed as my kids have gotten older is our family time has kind of morphed into alone together time. We're all together under the same roof, but everyone is engaged in a different activity and on a different device. I mean, yeah, I hate admitting that, but it's just true. So if you want to quickly boost your well-being, cultivate more together, together time. Fundamentally, the emotion of love is the experience of sharing a positive emotion with someone. That's it. It is so simple. Love is the experience of sharing a positive emotion with someone else. Two people sharing a positive emotion. And unfortunately, we can't share positive emotions when we're alone together, right? It's like someone's in the other room playing on another device or watching something on another device I can't cultivate love and positive emotions, right? I can't share a positive emotion with that person. So to instantly feel the love, schedule in some together, together time. So cozy up with your kids or a partner to watch a show or a movie together, like we all used to do, (laughs) right? When we used to watch shows together. Call a friend who you've been meaning to talk to while you're driving or walking instead of listening to your audiobook. So use that time in the car or on a walk to call someone because that positivity resonance can happen when you're talking to someone on the phone, right? You're sharing a positive experience together and you're cultivating love. Go to a group fitness class and soak in the collective positivity resonance. It's such a simple and easy way to feel more positive emotion and to cultivate the experience of love is just feeling that sense of joy, optimism, awe, whatever that you feel in a fitness class and you're sort of in that collective experience together. That's a great way to cultivate love, positivity resonance. But the bottom line here is that connection is powerful, powerful medicine. So let's quickly recap the three things that you can do to give yourself a well-being boost through the power of positive relationships. Number one is hugs. Give long and tight hugs and ask to get long and tight hugs. It's so simple and it's such an instant stress relief and the antidote to feeling alone and isolated. Number two, create more micro moments of positivity resonance. Chat with a cashier, laugh with a colleague, comb through your day to see what opportunities to create more positivity resonance you missed and what you'll do differently tomorrow. And there's seriously everywhere, everywhere. Take, I'm, I'm saying this to myself, take that earbud out of your ear and stop listening to that audiobook or that podcast and just make eye contact and connect with someone. It doesn't take much. Love is truly everywhere. And third, schedule in dedicated together, together time each week. Make sure that you are actually doing things together with the people that you love so that you're sharing those positive emotions. And it doesn't have to be something 
really elevated. It can be, you know, I mean, with my kids, like watching The Office, like what a massive well-being boost. We're all laughing together at the same jokes, amplifying all of that positive emotion. And what are we doing? We're having experience of love. It takes so little. It really takes so little. And these are the small, ordinary actions that really do boost your well-being. And when you're thriving, the people around you get a big well-being boost too. Let's not forget that, right? When you are feeling well and you are feeling good in your life and feeling good about your life or with your life, the people around you get a huge well-being kick in the pants too. So you can start a wellness ripple effect that touches your family and friends and your friends' friends and their families and outward, potentially touching hundreds or thousands of people. Truly. Isn't this mind-blowing? Like it really is. It all starts with you. This matters. It really does. Thank you, Chris Peterson. Other people matter and you do too. So here's your lab work for the week. I want you to do at least one of the things I just mentioned. Hugs, little moments of positivity resonance throughout your day or together, together time. Pick one and do it every day for the next week. Seriously, it'll change how you feel. And then for extra credit, tell me what you noticed. Email me at hello at thechangelabpodcast.com and tell me, I hugged my partner every day for a week and here's what I noticed. Or share your story on Instagram and tag me at Dr. Sasha Hines. I want to hear the results of your very own personal well-being experiment. So please report back. I really want to hear from you. What changed for you? How did you feel before and after the experiment? Tell me your findings. And with your permission, of course, I may share your findings on a future episode. So I'll see you next week for another episode of The Change Lab. And remember to put the own up in grown up. Take responsibility for creating the flourishing, thriving life that you want. It really matters. For more dirt on today's topic, make sure to visit the episode show notes at drsashahines.com. Or if you have any specific questions, you can shoot me an email at hello at thechangelabpodcast.com or find me on Instagram at Dr. Sasha Hines. If you're enjoying The Change Lab, there are three things you can do about it. Subscribe and leave me a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Share the show with a friend or five. Or head over to drsashahines.com to check out the ways you can work with me and dive deeper into this work. And if you're feeling wild, maybe do all three. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next Monday.